1: I never listened to that ginger pumpkin hit, Dalamore. Why? Because Britney Page is talking.
2: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. Welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Episode 700 of I Doubt It with Dallimore. I'm your host, Jesse Dallimore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, excited Brittany Page, everybody.
3: Well, I should also give you uh, a shout out. And uh, let's see, I'll identify you as the alive, COVID-free... Jesse D.
2: You really got in the mic on the alive one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm pretty happy about that part. Yes.
2: Yeah, I'm uh I'm feeling pretty lucky. Pretty mm-hmm. strange. Mm-hmm. So, this is what happened.
3: Cuz we've been we've been gone.
2: Yeah. Um, and
3: hopefully you're connected to the social media pages because that's where we put uh the updates about the situation, but I'm excited for you to get into it.
2: Yeah, so we recorded 699 with Team Ian and J.R. Brinksmanship on Twitter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Hosts of uh, Save Us from the Johns. Yeah. And we were rushing through that episode. I told the boys, we got to get this done because I got to get on a plane tomorrow morning right after. Mm-hmm. Because I was going, I was flying to Northern Idaho to see my daughter.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I was going to spend the weekend with her. She had her, thing at school.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I-, I wanted to be there for it. Mm-hmm. Then the thing was subsequently canceled because of COVID.
3: Right. What, what you were told was, I believe, like three students had it or something.
2: That's right. Yeah. On her volleyball team. Okay. So, but prior to that, she had, there's, this is a story that's all over the fucking place, but prior to that, she had come in contact with someone who, who tested positive. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter had a mask on. She says the, the, the woman to whom she spoke had a mask on. Mm-hmm. And then, so she went out to get um, tested just Uh to make sure out of an abundance of caution. She just went through chemotherapy. She is immunocompromised.
3: Right.
2: And um, she she got both of her, she got, took two tests. Both came back negative. So the trip was still on. I was going to go. I went. I'm almost there. And I find out there's a third test for some reason that Mm -hmm. they had her take. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, the results for that were, were not yet back. They were not inconclusive. They just, there wasn't, it was a full, the full test that it takes two to four days to come back.
3: Right. The PCR test.
2: The, the PCR test, right. right. So
3: she had taken one PCR test and that was negative. She had taken a rapid test. That was negative. And then the same day that she took the rapid test that was negative, she took another PCR test and that one was still pending. That's right. The earlier PCR test was three days prior to the rapid test. <laughs>
2: so I, in my abundant wisdom, mm-hmm. quote unquote, I figured ah, two out of three came back negative. I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead.
3: Right. Which was
2: terrible fucking decision.
3: A mistake. Yeah. And this is this is really a lesson in why it's important to whenever there's a test result pending not be around anyone. And I think people that have test results pending are told that too.
2: That's right. Mm -hmm. I think some of this, well, one, well, we'll just jump to the cut ahead. Uh, On Friday evening, she got a phone call. You're positive. Yeah. You're positive. You have coronavirus. Yes. There was a lot of panic that ensued. Right. She's worried about herself. She's worried that she infected me. Right. I said, you got to go home. I got to cancel my flight and rent a car so I can drive home so I don't infect anybody else. Right. Because in my mind, I've I've got it. Right, right. So the, the story is, though, that I wasn't told the the full story of of how she came into contact with coronavirus. Right. She I, I believe the story that she definitely talked to that person, that other woman.
3: Yeah, but there was more risk yeah, that there, happened.
2: There was a, a, a volleyball trip that she took that she was on the bus with A bunch of, you know, kids who are raised by Trump nutters who believe masks are demonic devices for their fucking faces. Now, my daughter always wears a mask because she knows the situation she's in health wise. Nonetheless, she got it. And multiple members of the of the team on the bus also tested positive. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where the message came in. I immediately got on the phone Cancelled my flight, drove 18 hours home and uh, quarantined here in the studio for days. I had a doctor's appointment, a telehealth appointment. They went through what was happening. They said, "Okay, uh, tomorrow's the day that you need to go get a test, not today. I think it was actually two days later. And uh, I tested negative. Mm -hmm. I
3: and it was the PCR test and they tell you to wait until like your fifth day of exposure um, or if you have symptoms. So if you have been exposed, they'll typically tell you to wait five days before getting tested or wait until you have symptoms. So you waited until your fifth day of exposure to be tested because you, you weren't having symptoms. Not Well, let me tell Although you this. Although you were having psychosomatic symptoms, evidently. Well,
2: I don't know psychosomatic probably, but also I had just driven solo 18 hours in a car. Right. So like my neck was stiff, my muscles were starting to be stiff. Some of that I'm sure was was like, I got the fucking COVID. You well, know, the I was stress out of, of everything. in my head. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, tested negative. Uh, and then the next day turned around, or the day I got my results, actually. Went back and got an antibody test because remember back in February when we got back from D.C.,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I got as sick as I've ever been for like 10 days.
3: Now, would you be able to, I mean, would that show up? Would the antibodies last for that long? We,
2: they don't know yet. Okay. S- some people don't even develop the antibodies like that. Mm-hmm. Some do, but then they fall off. Hmm. There's just not enough knowledge. There's just They don't know enough. Yeah. But, you know, I'm... Um, I have no idea how it is that I did not catch it from someone who actively had it and had symptoms by the time I mean hours later she was had a fever and she's fine now. I, I didn't say that. She's completely over it. All of the the onset symptoms like the headaches and the and the lethar- the lethargy, you know, she's tired. Mm-hmm. She's she's over that. So she's she's out of the woods, she's good. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't I mean we shared Utensils. We were face-to-face. We were in a car mm-hmm. for hours at a time right. with the windows rolled up. right? There's just It doesn't make sense to me, but it is what it is. Yeah. I, d- I don't have it.
3: Yeah, well, and she, again, uh, had two tests in one day, a PCR test and a rapid test. And the rapid test was negative and the PCR test was positive. Now, I don't necessarily know specifically what that means because I have zero expertise in this area. But what I have heard is that it could mean that she had a low viral load. Yeah, yeah. And that that translates somehow into the risk of transmission being reduced as well. Um, so I don't know. But it, it was definitely scary. And there was at least a comment that I saw of someone like saying that coronavirus isn't gone. It still needs to be taken seriously. And I hope that everyone who's listening to this knows that we know that.
2: Also, we, well, we, listen, I, I for sure made a bad judgment call here when told there was an outstanding test. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm playing the odds two out of three. I mean, it's, it's going to come back negative two. I, I made a bad decision, but we are taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. We, we don't go anywhere other than grocery store. I mean, that we are. Yeah. We're in the house.
3: Well, And it was tough for you to make the decision even to do the trip because that in and of itself is a risk. But it was something that was really important to her. And so you took all the necessary safety precautions for yourself to ensure that you wouldn't be bringing the infection there.
2: Yeah. I mean, double. I was wearing a, a, an N95 and a cloth mask. I mean, it was ridiculous.
3: Yeah. And so it like you said, I mean, I think it's a it's good to be transparent about where you fucked up a little bit here, yeah
2: sure, yeah <laughs> um, I, I look i'm I'm owning it, I'm owning it,
3: yeah and and I think it's just good we're all relieved that it ended up being a positive outcome. It was odd because you came back, and even though It was all set up, right? You came in through the door. I already had your quarantine room set up for you (laughs) so that you just you went right into the room. I stood um, on the opposite side with a mask on and you just walked by and walked into the room. And we spent days of me bringing meals to the door, leaving it at the door running yeah. into the other room, yeah. having you put your mask on anytime you open the door to collect your food. You and- would t- text me <laughs> that
2: there's food sitting outside the door. Yeah. I would open it like a goblin. Yeah. <laughs> and then, rah, 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 grab the food and come into the studio.
3: I had to hide. Popeye was getting suspicious. He could hear the TV in the room. And he yeah. was like, I'm normally allowed to go wherever I want in this house. Why is this door closed? The- why is there a TV on in here?
2: There are several pictures of Popeye Fate, like his body facing the door, but his head's craned back looking at Brittany like, come on, yeah. bro. <laughs> Something's going on.
3: Yeah. So it was hard to hide it from him. I also I had to call my work and tell them the situation. And then I couldn't go to work all week.
2: Sorry. And, well,
3: no, I mean, I'm just telling people the logistics of it because I, yeah. I I don't know how many people maybe haven't had it come close to their circle yet. And so wouldn't even know what to do. And we were struggling in the beginning. We were trying to figure out what's the right thing to do here, and at every step of the way, the right answer is just transparency with people in your lives. I did not want to go to work if there's a even a potential risk yeah, to my coworkers for sure
2: well let me let me also address that.: Yeah. A lot of people like lift ho- foisted me onto their shoulders, treating me like some kind of a fucking national hero because I canceled my flight and drove. That's not above and beyond. That's the bare minimum. Oh, yeah. That's what you do because it's going to get found out. Right. I mean, I didn't cancel the flight because, oh, I'm going to get caught if I fucking infect people.
3: Contract tracing. I don't want to kill people. I don't want to fucking
2: I don't want to put people in danger. That's not heroic or awesome or noble or even selfless. It's the bare minimum, man. For sure. You got to fucking take care of people.
3: Definitely. And, well, I mean, it's it's nice, though, for you, I think, to be transparent about that, too, because hopefully people will be reinforced to make the same decision. And obviously people were drawing connections to Donald Trump, taking yeah. his joyride to visit his cult members out front of Walter Reed Hospital.
2: Well, what th- this is what's so remarkable about this. And, 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 like, I don't know if it's ironic, you know, 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife and all. But w- that... W- I'm I'm laying there in a hotel bed watching the, all of the ma- nonsense, the madness with Donald Trump getting coronavirus. Yes. And w- the Marine 2 lands on the White House lawn and medevacs him off to Walter Reed and like, oh, my God. And then hours later, it's like, hey, fucker, you might have it, too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And
2: I'm not saying don't laugh. Don't make your jokes about Donald Trump. don't Don't revel in the fact that he might actually die from this. Because, one, fuck him if you truly believe he's a goddamn Nazi and an existential threat to the country, and you truly believe also that he's put people in danger and is responsible largely for the 200,000 plus deaths, then who cares? Who cares? Opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page, who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I,
3: I also want to say, jumping back to before this, um, when we're talking about transparency, too, it's also important to be transparent with people in your lives, because I've heard stories from people, right? You started out being very not going anywhere, doing the right thing, quarantining. And then slowly people have started expanding the circle that they mingle with, Mm -hmm. the people that they associate with. They started kind of expanding it. And in that, trusting the people that they're expanding to have been doing the right thing, too, to be quarantining, to be social distancing, to be wearing masks. If you start to do that and expand your network, you got to be honest with the risks that you have been taking. With the people that you choose to do that with. And I think yeah. that's that's an important thing to talk about here, too, where if if someone is not being fully transparent with the risks that they've been taking, and then you're around them, and then they end up getting a positive test result, and they tell you about that, I mean, that, that sucks for everybody yeah, well, involved. F-
2: um, to that point, I didn't even see Brett number one, or Lisa, his wife, I, I didn't even see them there, mm-hmm. because... They're hanging around, I trust them, but they're hanging around people that I don't trust and I don't know what the fuck they're doing. So no, it's, it's not safe. So, you know, we even had a conversation. He's like, Oh, you're not even going to stop by and see us. I'm like, No fucking way, man. I I just don't know. There's too many un, there's too many variables that I can't get in front of. So.
3: Yeah. So we're happy that you're alive. We're happy that you are COVID free.
2: Some people are. I'm sure there's people out there that are, Oh, we
3: almost got him. I also I wonder we if there's I wonder if there's people who are listening to this thinking Wow they're being so dramatic like he would die if he got it I mean that's that's the whole risky thing with the coronavirus is you don't know how you will be affected by it Well
2: also I've had pneumonia no fewer than a dozen times in my life I'm in the risk bracket I'm fatter than I should be I've had pneumonia. <laughs> it could be a bomber it could be a bomber
3: yeah well and people think oh i'm i'm not elderly i don't have underlying health conditions right. i'll be fine i'm strong enough to take it it's not about strength bro okay it's, there, there, it's not
2: about strength bro there are
3: young athletic people who have died who have lost like limbs who have permanent disabilities now because of coronavirus for sure and there's many things that we don't know yet i read a new york times article today about this brain fog that is happening to people who have survived coronavirus and that had mild symptoms and now they have symptoms that are similar to like a neurocognitive disorder they can't remember things they're struggling to know where they are who they are yeah who they are it's it's terrifying so we we don't know enough about the disease yet that everyone should still be on guard and doing what they need to do to protect other people come on now
2: yeah for sure anyway we love you guys we appreciate you very much thank you for all of the many many messages uh filled with well wishes and thoughts and prayers and good vibes and whatever else that are sent into the ether, we, we really appreciate it. it. It means a lot. We we talk a lot about, I mean, like this is episode 700. We talk a lot about on this show the community that has built up around the show. Um, and it, it's a special thing, and, and it, it means a lot. Every every Facebook message, every direct message on Twitter, every email that we got, the voicemails that we got that we're not going to play today because there's just too many. We really, it it, 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 it means the world. Anyway, speaking of voicemails, let's get to a few of those. I think maybe next episode we'll reflect on 700 episodes, because there's just too much going on, too action-packed. What do you say?
3: All right, let's do it. All
2: right. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone, or send a regular old-fashioned email to idoubtit at dollamore.com.
0: Hey guys, it's Jim in Houston, and I just tried to listen to the podcast with the brothers who hate the Johns, and damn it, we gotta stop this crap. I mean, they're laughing it up, and cynical as all hell, and complaining about Democratic propaganda. What the fuck is that? I mean, don't you think the Democrats need a little propaganda? Um, Those guys are busting their ass, raising millions of dollars. What are these two yahoos? yucking up and criticizing from the sidelines. I'm sorry. I know you like them, but see, I like you guys and I like the Johns. What am I supposed to do? Why can't we all be working toward the same goal? I'm sorry. I just can't stand it when we snipe at each other like this and I don't think those two brothers had anything of importance to say. So, I don't know, man. I'm just getting frustrated and I I like you and I like them we're all on the same team anyway um
2: thanks
3: i think that jim is demoralized
2: (laughs) he was seeming a little bummed out
3: yeah sorry (laughs) sorry jim he also said he tried to listen to it i don't know that he was able to make it through it
2: yeah those are by the way uh the, the, those are like the deadliest four I had to count them in, on my fingers as you can see yes uh, those are the four deadliest words in podcasting I tried to listen because <laughs> it means you didn't listen you tried to <laughs> yes
3: we appreciate the effort though Jim thank you for that um, you also gifted us with a new drop so that's nice
0: they're laughing it up and cynical as all hell <laughs>
3: I think that I think that uh, Ian and Jonathan would also agree with that, although they took issue with you describing them as cynical, so maybe not. But Jim. I believe that during the episode, they highlighted one of the things uh, after Jesse challenged them to identify the things that they feel like they do well or that they appreciate about them, whatever the question was. And they highlighted the money that they raised. Yeah, for sure. Um, it so can't be overlooked. Yeah. So that was definitely something that was addressed on the episode. But maybe you didn't get that far through your effort of trying to listen. And
2: <laughs> I did get a message from somebody, uh, a personal friend of ours who said, why is it you hate the John's? This is when I was in quarantine. And then hours later, oh, I finished listening. I get it. I I get it.
3: Yeah. So, and that that gets to my other point with Jim, where he was saying that he likes us and he likes the Johns. What is he supposed to do? Well, let me just speak for myself. I don't have as much criticism for the Johns as Ian, Jonathan, or maybe even you, Jesse. I don't really know if you take it as far as Ian and Jonathan do. But... I do recognize that there are points of valid criticism for them. And I don't think that that means that you need to hate the Johns or think they're terrible people. And this is what I think we need to make room for in our society is room for nuance, room for criticism, even of people that we appreciate and that we like. So do the Johns do a lot of good? Yes. Are there things they could do better? Yes. Of
2: course there are.
3: And it the same is true of anybody, really. No one is immune from criticism. That would be true of us. That would be true of yeah, the cynical I, I, look, bastards Ian and Jonathan. They're
0: laughing
2: it up and cynical as all hell and- That is a fantastic <laughs> point because we had these two on who we, we we are we are personally fond of. We we really like them. There are people. And we criticized them. I went on their show and shit on them. I brought them on my show and I shit on them. That doesn't mean, fuck you guys, I'm done with you. I still like them. We just disagree. We disagree on a tremendous amount of things, a, a tremendous number of things. But part of that is moving the conversation forward. It is, you know, if by some small measure, their audience is able, if they're able to push maybe the Johns to use their platform in a in a more proactive way to, to push them to use it in a more proactive way, then isn't that a good thing? Mm-hmm. We, we can't all just be cheerleaders for one another. Otherwise, there is no progress. If we're all just sitting around breaking our arms, jerking each other off, no one gets challenged. Nothing gets. The, no progress happens. But listen, I, I, it's valid. I, I get it. I'm uh, I'm with you on on um, the, I do believe like you said Brittany that they pushed back on me calling them cynical that they do believe there's hope I don't believe that you just because you believe there's hope you're not cynical I I do believe those two fuckers are cynical mm-hmm. it just I'm not gonna. Bring the show to a halt to argue that one point at nauseum. Like, All right, you say that. I'm not gonna, if I can completely argue with you about it.
3: Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Anyway,
2: Jim, take a deep breath, brother. We love you too.
3: We hope that he like forcefully deleted the show, right?
2: Like with authority, just yeah. like...
3: Argh. yeah, just forcefully like, deleted br- that. Bruce just
2: fucking thumb. <laughs> <laughs> cracked his fucking screen yeah. deleting the shit out of that episode
3: but we're happy that you like us jim that's what really matters
2: you <laughs> that's know
3: all that matters if we're being honest jim we're just talking to you right now ian and jonathan we don't care about them yeah, we care bats. about you jim
2: hey jim <laughs> hey jim everybody else turn off your 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 iphones <laughs> Jim, have you uh rated and reviewed the show on Apple Podcast yet? <laughs> That's really what's most important, brother. Mm. Please rate and review the show. Show us with your actions how much you love us. Don't just don't just tell me. Don't tell me you love me. Show me you love me. Ooh. Isn't isn't that the same? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, rolling on more criticism. Jim, thank you for the call. We we appreciate you.
1: Hey guys. Um Amy calling, a long-time listener, second-time caller, and I detest pushback. I'm so non-confrontational, especially when it comes to two people who I really, really fucks with, because I really fucks with y'all, too. Big time. Hardcore. But, at the most recent episode, around 42 seconds, 42 minutes, 30 seconds, Jesse, you said filthy, un-American pieces of garbage when referring to, like, the Proud Boys. And then... You also say that Nazis were not regular Americans. And I want us to stop doing that because they absolutely are regular Americans because this bitch was built on racism. Let's just call that spade a spade. From its inception, before this motherfucker even had a name for white people to call it, they was being racist. They were killing indigenous people. They were enslaving Africans and being racist as hell, like to no end. This whole bitch is built on that. So don't call them un-American. Don't, don't, let's not exclude them and make it like that we're different and we may think different, but they are absolutely regular Americans because only regular America allowed Jim Crow and slavery. That's, that's the real tea. But same time, I love the shit out of y'all. And I'm super duper non-committal, so all three of y'all, including Popeye, are the best part because I, I can't <laughs> choose. Thanks,
2: guys. Bye. All three of us as Popeye lays over there, dead to the world. His ears d- did just perk up. Amy, listen, Um, this is another one of those moments that all of my comments, I think, have to be taken into context together. I couldn't find the exact moment. 42 minutes and 30 seconds wasn't the timestamp that was in the middle of a voicemail or someone else talking. But at 45 and a half minutes, I did say something that I'm going to play here. And then I guess I'll talk about it. This was said within a minute or two of your timestamp. Let me push back on this, Josh. This country wasn't founded on the proposition that every person is equal. It just wasn't. This is something that, that that gets lost in in again in elementary education in high school education, that that we that we have always been this beacon of freedom and equality in the world. The United States isn't. It was founded on the proposition of white supremacy. That black property wasn't counted as a whole person. It was written, it was canonized in the fucking Constitution, although the word slavery wasn't used. And I'm not, look, I'm pissed off because fuck that shit. Not mad at Josh, obviously, or maybe I should say it so it's not, because it's not obvious. We got a lot of work to do. And I, listen, I'm like you, Josh. I love my country. I'm not afraid. I do consider myself patriotic. But part of being patriotic is working toward the aspirations that we talk about and we, we, we drone on about everybody being equal. So this is Jesse live now. <laughs> back. You're back. <laughs> so listen, I don't disagree with what Amy's saying. And I don't think it's an invalid criticism of me. I couldn't find where I said that. But it's it's not out of the realm of possibility that I say that I would say that they're un-American because when I talk about things as being American, I'm talking about it from an aspirational viewpoint. The things we claim, you know, that the Fourteenth Amendment, equal justice, equal protection under the law. Those are values that we aspire to when we when we when we when we talk about justice being blind and all of that we know that in practice it doesn't work that way but god damn it if we we shouldn't fight every day for that to be the case so i'll probably still th- say things like that that it's un-american it's not un-american with a with a um looking back it's not un-american but looking forward, we need to make sure that every day we fight to make it un-American. And when I say things like that, I'm hoping that I can convince people that yeah, you know what, that is un-American. But I I, I can't take issue. I I don't disagree with what she said. I agree. And the the version of Jesse that I just played, he clearly agreed on the same episode that she's talking about.
3: Yeah. Well, and sometimes, I mean, maybe there was something at a different timestamp that you said that yeah, yeah. that she heard. And that's very possible. I, I think it's it's tempting to go there. And that's why you hear that argument so often that Amy was criticizing, that people are tempted to talk about racism and Nazis as being un-American. And I think oftentimes, like you're saying, Jesse, it's kind of couched in that where it's, it's the ideal that you're talking about. You're not necessarily trying to d- deny history, but you're trying to talk about the ideal. And I think that people would still have criticism even for that,
2: which is fair, right? Which I don't, I'm not going to say, ah, that's fucking dumb. Cause it's not dumb. Right. I mean, she's, she's got, she's got facts and hundreds of years of history. To 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 bolster her argument, what I'm talking about is what I want us to be, mm-hmm. and what I think we really can be. You know, yeah. It, it's just we're we're fighting against the moral arc of the universe, which uh, has a really really long curve. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Amy. We look. I love I love the pushback. I love do not be afraid, Amy or anybody else, to call in and give us a little pushback, a little criticism, a little critique. That's how, you know, as we just talked about with Jim, we move the conversation forward. We progress ourselves.
3: Well, Jesse, you actually don't like praise. You don't like compliments. You you just want people to shit on you. That's pretty much what you prefer. Okay, bro, don't come at me.
2: <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. I think we have an email.
3: We do. Dear Jesse and Brittles. <laughs>
2: what? What?
3: You know, I haven't heard brittles since I was in middle school.
4: That's all the fuck we need.
3: Do you guys have any friends that are just refusing to take a valid side in this election? I have too many people on my Facebook feed suggesting that people just write in for third party slash libertarian candidates instead of voting for Biden. I don't understand how to get through to these people and get them off of their moral high horse. Paul from Houston. P.S. Don't hate me for calling you brittles. I hope these adorable pictures of your maybe youngest fan makes up for it. And the pictures are very adorable.
2: But Paul has a beautiful daughter.
3: Yes, very beautiful. Thank you for including those pictures because it does make up for the fact that you're calling me brittles.
2: <laughs> so That's all it takes is pictures of cute kids.
3: Do I have friends personally who are struggling to take a side in the election? No. Do I see people online and in my social networks struggling to choose a side? Yes. Yes, I do see that. And it is indeed very frustrating, especially since Paul just said he lives in Houston, in Texas. Um, Yeah, where
2: it fucking matters this year.
3: Right, where it matters. I understand that...
2: Texas could be in play, y'all, as they say.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I understand that there are some states where... People do not want to vote for Joe Biden, typically progressives.
2: Like the cynical aforementioned J.R. Brinksmanship on the Twitter. Yes. Living in, living in Washington state.
3: Yes. And so I, I think there are people who live in blue states that are safe, that are, that are most certainly going to go blue, that don't actually want to give their vote to Joe Biden. I think that is more acceptable, um, although mm. I still don't like it. But if you live in a state where it's at risk at all, you better you better come correct and knock it off.
2: You better do it even if you're in a fucking safe blue state. You're you're saying something about yourself if you're choosing to not vote for the clear lesser of actual fucking evil. Don't do some bullshit and write in Kanye because Joe Biden blah, blah, blah. That's
3: pretty shit, bro. That's prick shit. Well, and Paul said he doesn't know how to get through to these people. And let me tell you, that's difficult. That's really difficult because there's this new movement against, like, vote shaming. I don't know if you've heard this phrase that has become popularized on Twitter.
2: It makes me want to choke (laughs) next.
3: I don't really understand it because, well, I understand that shame is not a potent motivator for encouraging, like, (laughs) pro-social behaviors, but... Sometimes it's fun and necessary, I think, to engage in it, especially when you're talking about your friends online. But I realize that Paul may be talking about people that he's not particularly friendly with. Now, how do you get through to those people? Um, Appeal to narrative. Talk about stories of people that you know that have been hurt. And
2: Mm, yeah, that's good.
3: um, God damn.
2: You always have good answers. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? Fucking you know where that unfriend button is. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, try, try to appeal to the human connection, the mutual human connection where you can tap into someone's empathy, particularly if they know somebody that Paul knows, like there's a mutual connection there that has been negatively impacted or if Paul has been negatively impacted in a way and they can sh- and he can share that with someone. I think that those are going to be your best bets, but who really knows?
2: Who, who knows?
3: I mean, it's hard. It's very, very difficult.
2: Yeah, th- this is, we get a lot of these types of questions, and it is, they are, they're unanswerable because there isn't, I mean, it, when anybody asks a question, we want to give a salient, almost like a light bulb moment answer, and it's, you can't with something like this. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's virtually impossible because every situation is a little different. And some of these people cannot be swayed, some cannot. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Paul. We love you. We appreciate you very much. Moving on. Hey, Jesse and Brittany. It's uh, Ben B. in Knoxville, Tennessee.
5: And uh, I'm listening to episode 699. And you just got to uh, the part of the episode where you're talking about the taxes. And Jesse had uh, mentioned that he thinks the fact that Trump paid only uh, $1,500 in taxes over a two-year period, or 750 uh, 16, uh 17 is going to impact a lot of people. And... I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I am gonna say that I the fact that I live in Tennessee and I'm surrounded by conservatives, I have already seen so many people, even in my office where I have to listen to Trump uh Trump Tart talk all day about how great he is and, and, and uh even people who don't like him but they're conservative discussing some of these points that have come up in and all of them, whether they are hardcore Trump cards or they're just conservatives, when it comes to money, these people think, they, they, they buy into the notion that they all are going to be rich one day if they work hard. And so they all think that Trump is smart because he didn't pay taxes. They think that's smart. They don't understand that in order to be that wealthy and to not pay any taxes means you are committing some kind of fraud. Um, as an individual he's not a corporation himself corporations don't pay taxes either but um as an individual to, to get away from that he is obviously committing some kind of crime but they don't see that they just see a rich man playing the system and and it feeds even more into their uh legendary image of uh the man that built himself up from nothing the the genius businessman um so I mean I hope it affects more people and maybe it does outside of my outside of Tennessee where everybody uh are Bible thumping uh conservative idiots for the most part. But uh you know, as far as what I'm seeing, it doesn't it hasn't had much of an effect. I just thought I'd add my two cents to that. I love you guys. Brittany you're the best part. Have a good day.
2: Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So let me Several things here one and i'm saying this in love that i hope you'll stop doing this everybody out there but i'm talking to ben cuz he just did it several times stop using stop appending the word tard onto things trump tard one of the reasons the word libtard is is offensive and degrading and hurtful is because It is, it is, everybody knows where the, where it's coming from, what they're making a joke about. And what you're doing is making people with intellectual disabilities, um, that they're lesser than. So stop with using the TARD thing. Just fucking stop. Please. And I really, that's not a like, Hey, fuck you. That's come on. We can, we, we can do better. We can do better. As far as the other thing is concerned, in the taxes, I don't speak in absolutes like that. So I don't think I ever said this is good. this is it. This is going to turn everybody. <laughs> this is just going to be an avalanche of, of evaporation of Donald Trump support. Oh. Ah. Even even right after he got elected and, and all of the different things he's done, I talked about and I use that word evaporation because that's a slow process. If you have a glass of water. And you keep checking it day after day after day. It seems like it's just as full, but some has left over the course of, of some time because of evaporation. It's a slow, this mist just, uh, it's, I mean, why are you looking at me like that? Well,
3: because if I am making rice and my pot of rice water boils it's an insane
2: rapid crazy boil and
3: you start freaking out if i'm not over there within 10 seconds and start asking me if more water needs to be put in the pot so i'm actually feeling personally attacked right now to hear you because either i'm being gaslit in that moment or you're gaslighting everybody else right now but there's some you
2: should you should gaslighting
3: is happening somewhere in this (laughs) equation
2: no it is not
3: Mm, I think that's a gaslight right there. <laughs>
2: Everything's a gaslight.
3: <laughs> God damn.
2: <laughs> Excuse me while I light this lamp over here. <laughs> <laughs> so early on in the days when Donald Trump, he we, we really showed who he was going to be as president. Like at, while he was president, he was showing that he couldn't be presidential, even though he claimed it. We all knew he couldn't. Right. But I said, look, all of this is going to be cumulative over the course of his term. And there is going to be – listen, there's going to be the recalcitrant base that never goes away, that 35% that will never go anywhere because it's a cult of personality thing. But some things do chip away or cause some of the the people who aren't quite in the core, who are on the outer level, to kind of fade away and go away. And when we're talking about an election that will be likely tight – If it's, listen, if it's as tight as it was between Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton and, and, and Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton and, 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 and Donald Trump, then it's, we're talking about a a scant 10,000 votes, tens of thousands of votes in a state. And if Donald Trump turns people off because of his claims about being the successful businessman and it lands with people that he's a liar and a grifter and a fraud, we only need a few thousand people in each state to be part of that evaporation. So I'm not looking at everybody, yeah, oh, yeah, this is it. But certainly it's going to have an effect, I think.
3: I'm wondering if any of the listeners have had conversations with their family members who are conservative or Trump supporters and actually had them change their mind on voting for him. This this go round, I'd be really curious to see if that happened. I mean, I assume that we would have already heard from you because you would have been exploding with excitement, wanting to get your story out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to hear from you if you have achieved that, if you have sat down with someone or even if even if it wasn't you convincing them and just more news coming out about Donald Trump or the way that he has behaved in recent weeks, something like that. 657 um, 464 or I doubt it at com.
6: Hi, Brittany and Jesse. Tony from Boston here. Long-time listener, first-time voice message leaver. <laughs> I just wanted to provide context to your listeners regarding the U.S.'s conservative political leadership and their theology. There's a very good reason as to why so many mainstream evangelical Christians oppose progressive agendas. And it's not just because of abortion and greed. It's because theologically, these evangelicals have a fundamental commitment to and obsession with their theology of the end times. Now, I know that sounds dramatic, maybe even conspiratorial, but hear me out. In 1970, Reverend Billy Graham summed it up as follows, The prophecies of the Bible do not predict a world of gradual progress toward a materialistic paradise. They see a world torn by lawlessness, war, famines, and pestilences on a scale that only God himself can terminate. If the human race is to survive. Quote. In other words, they believe that the world must descend into utter chaos beyond our ability to control. And why? Because only then will Christ return and restore everything, establish the kingdom of God, and reign over a millennium of peace. This is based on theology called premillennialism, literally, before the millennium. You can see then that evangelical politicians might have a significant conflict of interest between their public duties and religious beliefs. Now, I was raised in a conservative evangelical home and from a young age was told that it's our duty as Christians to seize the reins of government and society to bring about the kingdom of God. That's what they've been actively orchestrating for at least the past 40 years. What I'm saying is that, consciously or not, extremist evangelicals' pathological obsession with the end times, which is undeniably apocalyptic, is decidedly steering the world into chaos in order to hasten their Christ's return. It's what I refer to as a Christo-fascist takeover. Their goal is to deregulate, criminalize what they hate, and destabilize the world. But wait, there's more. The Catholics have their own Christofascist movement, but it's more about control and creating a holy American empire here and now. No descent into chaos required. This is what Bill Barr and Amy Coney Barrett are up to. Regardless, both movements are infused with white supremacism and want to turn back the clocks on racial equality and to criminalize things like abortion, homosexuality, contraception, and even blasphemy. Make no mistake, these obscene Christofascist cults form the most dangerous coalition in human history. We should be very worried. Love the show. Brittany's laugh is the best part.
3: Oh, well, that's nice, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> um, which one? Because sometimes it's like a, a one that I try to muffle a little bit I wish I had
2: a laugh here I don't have a fucking laugh
3: and then another one is like a very vicious cackle which <laughs> is, which is my natural laugh but I feel a little self-conscious about it so I, I try love, to hold it in
2: I love your laugh do not try to squelch that shit
3: thank you thanks
2: uh, for the call moving on yeah <laughs> now listen uh as far as the points are, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with some of that yeah there are millions and millions of, of religious people across the country, Christians, people who are dedicated and practicing their faiths, who don't, who aren't dedicated to the proposition of hastening the apocalypse. I grew up in a cultish version of Christianity that talked a lot about the end times,
1: mm-hmm.
2: about uh, Armageddon
1: mm-hmm.
2: about a post or pre apocalypse coming of Christ. I mean, it's these people. It's what their faith is all about is the second coming. And I don't. I don't think he mentioned Mike Pompeo, but he, chief among anybody in this administration, is one of those nutter butters. It's a problem. This is why, moving forward, well, one, this is why a vote for some other write-in candidate, because I just can't, I can't in good faith vote for a Joe Biden. This is another reason why you are part of the problem. And I will fucking vote shame, because I'll shame whatever the fuck I'd like. Don't shame my shame, bro. Oh, dear. That I get... Up on my high horse for a second.
3: <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. I I wonder if we're going to see um, a greater number than we did in 2016 of white evangelicals supporting Donald Trump. It was 81% in 2016. Yeah. And I wonder if we're going to see that increase because they don't have concerns about the porn stars, about the grabbing by the pussy. The lying. About... Any of the personal defects and, um, I mean, obvious character flaws that Donald Trump has, what matters to them is his solid record on judicial nominees.
2: Yeah, his complete rebuilding, his reformulation of our judicial branch, which is what he's done.
3: And that goes to Tony's point about what their, their goals and intentions are right they don't care about the personal flaws that Donald Trump has they don't care about the porn star sex they don't care about grabbing him by the pussy they don't care about the multiple marriages they care that he's going to put people into positions of power that are going to uh i forgot the phrase that tony used but you know recreate the kingdom of god here on yeah, earth yeah
2: right <laughs> that's right At which amy coney barrett is on is on record in a public speech To to students at Notre Dame saying about bringing on the kingdom of God. It's just madness. And it's time to put an end to all of that in fewer than 30 days.
3: Yeah, and for people who are listening to this who are religious thinking, oh, here go the atheist Jesse and Brittany criticizing religion again. Listen, the whole point of all this. I'm criticizing fundamentalism. Yeah, it's she should not be able to dictate everyone else's freedoms because of her personal religious views. Yeah, she's
2: foisting her particular deeply held religious views on hundreds of millions of Americans.
3: And she plans to, at her hearing, open with a statement about how, like they always do, uh, her personal beliefs are not going to interfere with her ability to rule on cases, and come on, no, no. (laughs)
2: We know how Scalia ruled from the bench, and and we also heard him in interviews talk about how he believes in literal demons. I mean, look, and that might be offensive to people out there who do believe in angels and demons, Uh, that's that's mythology, that's fantasy land. There's no evidence of demons or, 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 anyway, should I play the goddamn disclaimer again? Well, I think, I think I mentioned the disclaimer. That's good enough.
3: I think it's just an umbrella <laughs> under which everyone should listen. It th- should it
2: be the new theme song. the <laughs> new the new opener for the show. the new intro.
3: I mean, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> depends. It depends on how things go. We also want to promote we're going to be doing an election night episode. We have been YouTube
2: live stream. Yeah,
3: YouTube live stream. We've been prepping how we're going to do it. Jesse has been very dedicated and diligent about looking into all this new technology, has like purchased different things to help make it go smoothly. And we're really excited. We hope that you will all join us for that because we're sure that there are going to be trolls in the comments as well. So well, it'll be nice it, to watch everyone yeah, fighting we did in the it, comments.
2: We did it four years ago and it ended up like somebody was like, oh, are you going to live stream? I was like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. So I popped on Facebook six hours later or whatever. It might have been four hours. Yeah. We're still on the couch talking about, you know, I'm more and more unhinged because of everything that took place. This year it's going to be a lot more professional. On YouTube with the whole setup, so.
3: Yeah, we're going to take questions as we're doing it. We're going to take comments. It's going to be a really good time. So we hope that you plan to join us for that.
2: Absolutely. All right. Moving on.
0: Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com/slash I doubt it with Dollamore.
3: We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Boozy Jim.
2: Boozy Jim. Ah, oh, Boozy Jim. Hang on. I'm reveling in Boozy Jim. Yes. I love it. Soy B. Soy B.
3: And Eric V. Eric V. Thank you so very much to our latest Patreon supporters and all of our Patreon supporters. Like Jesse said earlier, we very much appreciate and are thankful for all of the support, whether it comes in the form of Patreon, PayPal, Amazon, which hasn't been shut down yet, but is on the way there, guys. We'll let you know. And rating, interview the show. But we also just appreciate everyone who listens, interacts with us, sends us voice memos, emails, comments on the Facebook page, sends us tweets. We read everything, even the hateful ones. So we very much appreciate all of it because it means that you listen to us and you support the show and you care about us. And while we had this recent scare, and 2020 has been like a hell year. Um, ah, I like to say,
2: unexpected.
3: Sure. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it has been easier because we've gone through it with so much support. Absolutely. And so knowing that, for example, this this COVID scare happened, and we were going to be kind of thrown off our recording schedule, but that everyone mostly just cares about our health and well-being like that alone makes a big difference so thank you to everybody for your support we very much appreciate it and thank you for your patience while we go through this hell year
2: dalemocracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism So we've talked about a lot of the less understood ramifications of the coronavirus. (laughs) Just recently, Brittany referenced the, uh, the Los Angeles Times article, wasn't it? The LA Times. And maybe we're witnessing Donald Trump's descent into madness brought on by the coronavirus. Because... He has done, he's released a lot of media on Twitter, and he's done a lot of different media appearances that are just, they're, they're just a little extra. They're, they're Trump plus three points, just a little bit extra. He went on Rush for quite a while this last week, and there were two moments from this interview that I really want to bring to you because they are just... Mm. Ah, just chefs kiss crazy see this is what i mean with the republicans they
4: don't play the tough game they don't play the tough game if this were the other side you would have had 25 people in jail for the rest of their lives with what we found oh that's you tried something like this against any of them heck yes oh are you kidding me you would have been 20 look at me I had to beat off. I had to beat off the phony Mueller report. I had to beat off all this stuff. I had to beat off impeachment. I had to beat off Congress. Everything else. They then send it to New York, which is all political. They send it into New York the same stuff into New York. You have to beat that off. You know, they got New York all over. Uh, they they don't stop. This is a disgrace. Let, that sounds
3: let, exhausting. That's
4: a
2: he's beaten off a lot of people.
3: It sounds really just like- exhausting.
2: Just jerking, just a jerk fest. Stop it. Donald Trump, I'm serious. I mean, how many people is he having to beat off to get out of the messes he's in? That's a, that's a lot of masturbation. Look at me. I had to beat
7: off.
4: I had to beat off the phony Mueller report. Jesus. I had to beat off all this stuff. I had to beat off impeachment.
2: I had to beat off Congress, everything else. Well, now we know why <laughs> the Mueller report didn't result in anything because he beat all those dudes off. And they're like, oh. Oh, Donald, thank you. Okay, oh we we'll let you off the hook.
3: Oh, my God. You're done. You're done. Oh, God. Oh, God. And now so- we
2: know for sure why I- why Republicans in Congress let him do everything. <laughs> he gets away with everything with Republicans in Congress. I had to beat off Congress, everything else. I... It's a lot of beating off.
3: I have to tell you, I <laughs> was trying to open my phone while I was listening to this for the first time. Yeah. And my face ID thing would not work because I was laughing oh, that's right. too much yeah. and it couldn't recognize my face. What is What is wrong with him? He doesn't have the foresight to be able to think about how this is going to be interpreted. Come on. Come on.
2: Well, also, as I go on my way through the show here, professionally, you well, you're
3: recovering from your quarantine,
2: uh, <laughs> My fatigue inducing quarantine um, that th- he did some Hannity stuff earlier in the week and acted like a fucking nutter butter. And uh, n- not only that, but also um, was coughing and wheezing and putting his phone on mute that Sean Hannity was having to cover for him. It's weird that Rush Limbaugh didn't try to cover for him here. Yeah, as he's beating off the world.
3: Yeah, well, announcing
2: his his you know tour of beating off America.
3: Well, and that's that's the thing. So Donald Trump has coronavirus. He obviously he got it. At the super spreader event for Amy Coney Barrett's nomination, which resulted in Melania testing positive, Kaylee McEnany testing positive. Everybody gets coronavirus, just like Oprah getting a car. Mike
2: Lee, Tom Tillis, um, uh, fucking. All of them.
3: Yeah, Bill Barr was no. lingering was lingering very close to Kellyanne Conway, who tested positive. Yeah, but that's he right. has since gone like radio silence. Yeah, where is he? We don't know. Probably has coronavirus. Chris Christie is not doing well. No, he he, has he's out of the hospital. Oh, he is out of the hospital. out of the hospital. Okay,
2: was okay. shocking. If I'm worried about getting it because I'm fatter than I should be, that fucking guy, holy shit.
3: So a lot of people had it, but Donald Trump has continued to behave the way that he does. Well,
2: maybe he showed up at Chris Christie's bedside in the hospital and beat him off or beat off the the virus. So I had to fucking get in there with my hands and just just go to work.
3: So he, he just had another event at the White House, though, where he spoke. Yeah and took off his mask and most of the people in the crowd i would say did actually have a mask i think they probably said listen you have to wear this please yeah. keep it on we're gonna look really bad if you don't not because
2: that's what it's about
3: not everybody had it on but everyone was standing far too close to one another for it to not be a problem yeah so he's just continuing to act as though everything is fine forcing his Doctor who has a tailored lab coat. So you see his white coat? No, it's does he like really? Tailored. Yeah. <laughs> what what is going on? Seriously,
2: it's just dumb fuckery. Everywhere surrounding Donald Trump is dumb fucks, just I mean Donald Trump being chief among them.
3: He needs his doctor white coat to be like fitted so you can see his body.
2: Unbelievable dumb fuck.
3: <laughs> You're a doctor, bro. So yeah. <laughs> Okay, bro, don't come at me. Oh, wrong one. You're a fucking doctor, bro. <laughs> oh, I forgot I've already said that. <laughs> Apparently, it's uh, in
2: your repertoire. You say it a lot. Yeah. So anyway, th- there's another there's another thing that Donald Trump said that is both alarming, but also like, well, Jesus, the guy's a little unhinged. <laughs> in the same interview with Rush Limbaugh, right? And
4: Iran knows that, and they've been put on notice. If you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we are going to do. Things to you that have never been done before. So,
2: one of two things here. I mean, you could <laughs> you could look at this. You could look at this that if you fuck around with us, if you do something bad to us, we're going to do things that you've never had done before. It could be like a veiled
3: threat. Sure. Or
2: maybe he's just offering to, to beat them off. <laughs> he's offering to beat off the entire nation oh my God. of Iran.
3: Yeah. Well, in the context- It's of- just a
2: Persian beat-off fest.
3: <laughs> in the context- Hosted
2: by Donald Trump. In
3: the context of what was said- Who really knows at this point? Truly. Can
2: can we talk? Can we? I mean, with all jokes aside, I don't know that that's possible, but can we talk about that? That quote, if you fuck around with us, the president of the United States, not on fucking satellite radio, by the way. Hmm. He's on FCC regulated radio waves. Oh, Rush Limbaugh isn't Howard Stern. You can't say. Fuck shit, piss, cunt, whatever the fuck, you know, all the, the, the bad words, mm-hmm. the Carlin, the, the, the bad seven, or maybe it's five, or it's 2020, maybe it's down to two. But if you fuck around with us, he says, hmm. on your local AM radio station, the president of the United States, I'd like to know if they're looking into that. But if you do something bad to us, we're going to do things to you that have never been done before. What's he talking about? Because I mean, we know he leans on that, uh, like the likes of which you've never seen. But what what would be something we could do to another nation that we've never seen before? We dropped two atomic fucking bombs on Japan, killing tens of thousands of civilians. What would be worse? What would be something we've never seen before?
3: Well, I don't know that anyone is actually afraid of any of that because the Taliban did just endorse him. So that is a fact.
2: That is not a joke. That is not said in jest. The Taliban endorsed Donald Trump 2020. (laughs) That's where we are. And I believe Bin Laden's like niece or some relative also in the Bin Laden family endorsed Donald Trump. It's really just just the trifecta of craziness. Yeah. Goddamn. So anyway... Uh, We're only going to talk about a few pieces of of media here that he put out. This is one that he put out to seniors on Twitter, talking about the miraculous miracle cure that he received while in the hospital.
3: Not hydroxychloroquine, by the way. And you you will note, okay, uh, that he did not even take hydroxychloroquine when he was at the hospital. No talk of it either. Even though he continuously touted this as a miracle cure for months for four months a miracle cure he would use the word cure and many people when they were sharing that demon sperm doctor video i had many people that i was connected to dr stella emmanuel that were sharing that video talking about how if they got coronavirus they were 100 going to ask for hydrochloroquine because why wouldn't they and here's donald trump with the best medical care in the world and he was not prescribed it. That's so shocking, right? Yeah.
2: So here he is on the White House lawn with really maybe the, 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 the he's like the tan mom in this video. Oh yeah. His it was face, insane. It's not just like a bronze. It's not like a, a healthy glow. No. It's straight up brown.
3: Yeah. He, he had to step it up because he probably doesn't look so hot right now. <laughs> probably not looking too good. Well, they
2: went extra on the on the face paint for this one
7: so to my favorite people in the world the seniors i'm a senior i know you don't know that nobody knows that maybe (laughs) you don't have to tell them but i'm a senior we are making tremendous progress with this horrible disease that was sent over by china china will pay a big price for what they did to the world and to us but we have medicines right now, and I call them a cure. I went into the hospital a week ago, I was very sick, and I took this medicine and it was incredible. It was incredible. I could have walked out the following day, sooner. It was incredible the impact it had. And we're going to make that and others that are similar to it, almost identical, we're going to make them available immediately. We have an emergency use authorization. That I want to get signed immediately. The FDA has moved at a level that they've never moved before. Things that would take two, three, four years are taking a matter of weeks or even sooner than that. And that's because of me. We're taking care of our seniors. You're not vulnerable, but they like to say the vulnerable, but you're the least vulnerable. But for this one thing, you are vulnerable. And so am I. But I want you to get the same care that I got. I got incredible care of Walter Reed, incredible doctors. And this medicine in particular, one medicine was unbelievable. You're going to get the same medicine, you're going to get it free, no charge. And we're going to get it to you soon. And the nice part is, it's made by a number of companies. It's totally safe, but it's powerful against this disease. So we're going to get it out to you, we're going to take care of our seniors, all free. And I just want to thank you, and what we've gone through as a country is a horrible thing. My opponent, as you know, he talks, but he never did anything in 47 years. I did more in 47 months than he did in 47 years. He just talks. It's the same old thing. If it were up to him, you wouldn't have this. You wouldn't have anywhere near it. For years, they wouldn't even be talking about anything like this. He had his chance with H1N1 swine flu, and it was one of the great disasters. He didn't know what he was doing, but I do know what I'm doing, and the seniors are going to be taken care of, and then everybody's going to be taken care of. And it's coming out really fast. So thank you very much. We love you. We love America.
3: <sighs> um, Holy
2: improvisation, Batman.
3: I, I just, it just makes me really sad. That's the only thing that I feel when I listen to this is I feel very, very sad. That It's
2: going to be a hard transition to some of the jokes that I have here. But that, go ahead.
3: That, <laughs> that people can't see through this.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. That they
3: are, that they believe this, that he is going to get this medication out and it's going to be free for everyone. I mean. Who believes that? He just says things and there's no intention whatsoever to actually make those things a reality.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For people who really fucking need it.
3: And it makes me really sad because people believe it. And I I don't understand. I mean, I, I think this at least once a day. What did everyone do in electing this person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I just, I'm, I'm afraid for how things are going to go with the election. And when I listen to this, I feel even more afraid. <laughs> because this is going to be effective for certain people. And, and, and that's really sad.
2: It's hard to follow seriousness with, with what I want to say. But I want to piggyback off what you're saying. How is it that people witness that video, watch that video, listen to that audio, and believe what he's saying? Especially when he starts off like this.
7: To my favorite people in the world, the seniors. I'm a senior. I know you don't know that. Nobody knows
3: that.
2: Everybody knows Donald Trump is a senior.
3: Yeah, correct.
2: You're 74, bro.
3: Everyone knows that you are a senior.
2: So how is it that people watch this video mm-hmm. and they think to themselves, yeah, this is, this is good information.
3: Mm-hmm. This
2: is a credible person who's telling me things I need to know. Yep. Oh, the medicine's going to be free for everyone. Right. We're going to get it out to everybody. Right. He doesn't talk about what kind of a distribution channel, how the government's going to get this accomplished, how the, they're going to distribute this medicine that's not even authorized for emergency use yet. This is not a medicine that everyday people can get at all.
3: Right. And that, that needs to be <laughs> something that is, is highlighted more when we're talking about what happened here. Because he got the best yeah. treatment. Well,
2: I mean, he's talking to people who, some die in their homes, some die in hospitals, unable to talk to their families. And he has an in-house doctor on, at his beck and call. At all times. Mm -hmm. He has a landing pad in his backyard from which he can be medevaced to a hospital, an eight-minute helicopter flight to a a live-in hospital situation with an office and the bat phone for nuclear weapon calls.
3: With a dozen of the most highly trained specialists in, in the country.
2: Who are able to administer medicine that is experimental and not even approved for mass use.
3: All... After
2: having paid $750 in taxes last year.
3: Very nice. What a good good deal. Good
2: fucking job, bro. (laughs) What a good deal. And people are fawning with love and worshipful admiration for this fucking Claude. It is unbelievable. And then there's this nonsense word salad. Well, first of all, the two, two minutes and 24 seconds or whatever the video was is just obviously impromptu. What can one take Donnie over here? Then like, nah, just roll. Just roll. I got it. I, I got it. Go ahead. There's all these weird pregnant pauses where he's trying to think of where to go next. And it leads to moments like this. You're not
7: vulnerable, but they like to say the vulnerable, but you're the least vulnerable. But for this one thing, you
2: are vulnerable.
3: Yeah. Oh, my God.
2: You're not vulnerable, but they like to call you vulnerable, but you're not vulnerable. But for this one thing, you're you're vulnerable. <laughs> What?
3: Well, and it makes sense. It makes sense that Donald Trump would be upset about being in a category that is particularly vulnerable because yeah, Donald yeah. Trump does not like to be viewed as vulnerable. Well, I think he followed
2: it by saying, and I'm one of you. I'm with you. I'm also vulnerable.
3: Which is surprising.
2: Sh- shocking. Yeah. Well, it's all part of the, the, the rapid word salad where he doesn't know what to say next. So it just comes out.
3: hmm Yeah.
2: And then I'm sure it's like, you, you want another take? No, no, that was fine.
3: <laughs> well, and, and so apparently these videos were produced to get him out there because he likely was unhappy with the image of him being flown to the hospital and having to be at the hospital oh, with
2: coronavirus. Talk about the Superman thing
3: okay so you 're you 're talking about the New York Times article Trump makes first public appearance since leaving Walter Reed,
2: yes, because this is all surrounding how he is viewed that he, he, the last the last um, the images of we have are him walking with a mask on to the helicopter to be flown rapidly to care, and then he 's then when we see him on the balcony he 's gasping for breath he 's You you just tell he's having a hard fucking time and in his head, because it's Donald Trump with his fragile ego, he's worried about how he looks.
3: So this is reporting by Annie Carney and Maggie Haberman, and they reported that, quote, in several phone calls last weekend from the presidential suite at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, Mr. Trump shared an idea he was considering. When he left the hospital, he wanted to appear frail at first when people saw him, according to people with knowledge of the conversations. But underneath his button down dress shirt, he would wear a Superman T-shirt, which he would reveal as a symbol of strength when he ripped open the top layer. He ultimately did not go ahead with the stunt.
2: That is, that
3: is fucking bananas. What is kind of sad, and I mean, it's sad for all of us because we're the ones that are suffering at the hands of this administration. Yeah. Is that even though he is president of the United States, no matter what he achieves, no matter what his status is, Donald Trump will always feel broken. And... That is just a terrible person to put in a position of power like he's in.
2: Imagine having immeasurable, awesome power at your fingertips, being the head of the executive, the president of the United States of America, and still feeling fucking terrible about yourself and your accomplishments. Yeah. That's a special kind of broken. Yeah. In my estimation. Well, he doesn't. And I am, after all, an expert in these matters.
3: Well, he doesn't, he doesn't just own the fact that he's president and he got sick and people get sick. I mean, yeah. this, this whole strength narrative is also a problem when it comes to illness, that it's a battle. Like
2: I fought, I fought and won against cancer. Yeah, that you're
3: strong enough to yeah, dominate yeah, yeah. it. And, and th- if
2: you die, you were too weak. I mean, ultimately, what it means—that's the
3: implication, right? And Ed Young, who is one of my favorite reporters, he writes for The Atlantic. He's not just a great reporter, by the way. His Twitter—if you follow him on Twitter—he elevates and promotes other writers as well. I mean, he promotes his own work, but he's constantly shouting out. Uh, people of color, women, because he has a large platform and he's always elevating other people and telling his audience of supporters to read other people. And that's something that I admire and love about him, too. Yeah, that's great. But he recently wrote about this issue. Of What's his name? Ed Young.
2: Ed Young. Yeah. yeah. I follow that guy.
3: Of using this this strength metaphor for illness. And Donald Trump is using it, too. or and And the Republicans are using it on his behalf, using that wrestling video with vince mcmahon that's a popular yeah, one they break uh, out
2: god damn.
3: so it's just it's it's strange that he felt the need to like i'm strong enough with my superman shirt i'm gonna expose it underneath my t-shirt like you're the president just go back into the white house you <laughs> imagine had this
2: happened and we're gonna end here but imagine had this happened the donald trump uh feigning a little bit of fatigue or whatever and then bucks his chest and rips open to show the super
3: what in the fuck
2: what in the fuck there is no answer that's why there's you're hearing crickets
3: well I just <laughs> i'm I'm excited for the election. <laughs> I spilled my drink all over the table. I was wiping it up, quite frankly, is what was happening. But we don't need everyone to know the sausage that's happening.
2: Um, you just told the sausage we, that's happening. It's yeah. how the sausage is made. Not, we don't need yeah. to tell the sausage it's, that's happening. That's
3: the sausage happened. So I, the election is so soon. And it's yeah. crazy. And the second debate got canceled. I because, feel, no,
2: no, no. It's back on. No. Um, canceled but now they're trying to get it back on it's not back on they're trying to get it back on because his doctors have cleared him officially they've cleared him who believes that probably no one
3: the the last official communication from the commission was that they have canceled the second debate they now now you may be talking about the third debate because there's a there was a second and mm, third debate scheduled
2: maybe but I think it's that Donald Trump wants the second debate back on. You're right. It's probably still canceled for sure because Joe Biden has already committed on another network to a town hall. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's probably where we are.
3: Yeah, I don't know. But the second debate was supposed to be the 15th. Now I'm reading this New York Times article that is saying that Trump demanded the debate be restored to its original in-person format, and then because Mr. Trump had declined to take part in a virtual debate, Mr. Biden developed his own plan to participate in an ABC News town hall that evening. No law requires presidential candidates to take part in debates, so eventually the debate was simply called off. So yeah, they are still saying, according to this...
2: It'll be news this week, and the Donald Trump camp will invariably try to gin up controversy that joe biden is trying to get out of the debate even though he now has a new commitment because donald trump backed out
3: and so the third presidential debate is supposed to be october 22nd
2: real close to the election yes all right that is where we're going to end it uh, this episode obviously has been a little bit different because there's been so much time off and we had voicemails. We didn't play them all. We had, we didn't even read all the emails. Um, we're back. I'm healthy. Coronavirus free. Ready to charge forward into these next few weeks to the election. Uh, we love you guys. We appreciate you. We'd love to hear from you. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. 464 7609 Of course you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to, I doubt it. At Next episode, we're going to talk a little bit about this militia movement and these multiple idiots that got arrested in their attempt and planning their plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer, the, the, the Michigan governor. And uh, there's all kinds of ancillary characters, some who are in political office, sheriffs of Barry County and such, that we're going to talk about. These are scary times, and they lend even more credibility and reason and justification for voting for someone like Joe Biden to get rid of Donald Trump and this particular type of strain of ideology that is a danger to all of us. Again, the phone number is 657-464-7609. I doubt it at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt it.